the stories. Be motivated. Be inspired. Join us today. Voice America Influencers. Welcome to The Art of Significance with your host, Hall of Fame speaker, New York Times bestselling author, university professor, gold record songwriter, and award-winning athlete, Dan Clark. Get ready for engaging discussions with some of the most influential people in the world who will impart their wisdom, stories, and inspiration on why and how to achieve the level beyond success. Now here's your host, Dan Clark. How are you? And welcome to my show. I sound like I clipped out. I was so bloom and excited to be back on the air with all of you. I was interviewed this morning from Puerto Rico for 30 minutes on a, uh, on a huge entrepreneur radio station. They have about a million and a half folks who log on and uh, on demand order the podcast every single day. It's on seven days a week. And I started thinking about the influence that each of us has in, in, in each of our lives. And that's the whole reason why it's such an honor to be a host on this influencers channel on voiceamerica.com. It's also why I shamelessly invite all of you to go to danclark.com, click on receive free gifts and training, join my tribe, get a lot of free stuff, but I take a lot of pride in connecting the world and using my influence and my platform to whatever degree that is currently to help change your life and make it better and give you some tangible tools, techniques, especially mindsets that you can use to take yourself to the next level. Today's show is definitely a different type of show, even though we have the same format with an amazing singer-songwriter, recording artist, and Elizabeth Scott. You don't want to miss her. Unbelievable. And we'll take two segments to talk to her about her life and her philosophy and when she learned to become uh, an influencer to the world, literally to the world, to the masses through music and highlight two of her amazing songs and obviously the Bluebird questions of how she wrote the songs, what inspired her, and then we'll have the privilege of listening to those songs as usual. We're also going to have a gentleman by the name of Michael Sean Covey, yes, the grandson of the amazing and immortal Stephen Covey, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, to talk to us about something that's so extraordinary in his life and how he now has become the executive director of the Bridal Up Hope, the Rachel Covey Foundation. You'll definitely want to stay tuned to listen to him. And George Mattis, who's a young entrepreneur, highlighted in the country and the world as one of the 30-30, if you will. And that might sound like an embellishment, but trust me, it's not. And he's going to talk to us about the spirit of being a serial entrepreneur and what he has done as a young man under the age of 20 to make his dream come true, influence the world and change it literally by uh, potentially making millions and millions of dollars and knowing that his heart is in the right place. I can't wait to see what he's going to do with his influence and especially his cash flow to make the world a better place. That brings me to a story, uh, a laugh, if you will, to set the tone before we go to our first commercial break. I collect a lot of videos. I collect a lot of interviews, and they go way, way back. 
for the listeners who have never heard the name Johnny Carson, he was the precursor or host to the Tonight Show that Jay Leno took over, from whom was uh, born, if that even makes sense, Jimmy Fallon took over for Jay Leno, let me put it that way, Jay Leno took over for Johnny Carson. So if you go way back, I have a video clip of Johnny Carson on The Tonight Show interviewing a little bitty, wiry, fiery elderly gentleman. And Johnny Carson says, it says here in your biography that you're 107 years old. Good old boy says, yes, I am. Johnny Carson says, says here in your bio that you've been married seven times. Old boy says, yeah, I loved them all, just outlived them all. Johnny Carson says, says here in your bio that your current wife is 35 years old. Aren't you afraid of a heart attack? And the old boy says, hey, if she goes, she goes. In other words, attitude really is everything. And because I take so much pride in my love of music and my intrigue on how music is created and written and using the chromatic scale, how it allows us to to play the music that hit songwriters like Elizabeth Scott have written, we need to tie into age. I share that video clip interview because age has absolutely nothing to do with success or significance. Why does music teach us that? You've heard me talk about it before, but I need to reiterate. Every single song ever written was written with the same 12 notes. Most people, when asked how many notes are there in music, they just count the major notes, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and say seven. No, they forget about the 12 notes. They forget about the minor notes. If you look at the 88 keys on a keyboard, there are seven white notes and five black notes, a total of 12 notes in music, which repeat themselves every 12 notes, which is what we call an octave as you look at the keyboard. And the reason why I reiterate this every single time I get a chance is because the only difference between one song and another song is the order in which the 12 notes fall and the timing and spacing in between the notes. So again, the question of the day of every show of every one of our days should be, what's the difference between a hit songwriter and a lousy songwriter? And the answer is obvious, passion, creativity, and imagination. Now let's tie age into that. Some of the greatest songs ever written were written by young men and young women. Why? They have access to the same 12 notes that we old folks do. It's about passion, creativity, and imagination. So I'm an alumni of the University of Utah. And the first day of my senior year, I walk into my chemistry class Now, I'm a dumb football player. My cholesterol counts higher than my SAT score, so I know for a fact that I'm uh, going to fail chemistry. It's a done deal. And myself and a couple of my teammates, we walk in fashionably late. And you you all can visualize this. We walk like we sat on something hot. And we casually take ourselves to about the third or fourth row from the, the, the top row, the last row of this giant auditorium. There's only a couple of people sitting behind us. The professor suddenly addresses us, and he says, I want you to introduce yourself to someone you've never met before. Before I can even make a move, there's a hand on my shoulder. I turn around, and it's an 87-year-old woman. Her name is Rose. She says, hey, handsome, want to get lucky? (laughs) I said, yeah, baby, I'm all yours. 
And we instantaneously became the best of friends. Every single day after class, we would walk across campus and we would share a chocolate milkshake at the student union building. Rose became an icon on campus. And obviously, as she attended class after class and walked across campus, she would have to stop and rest her weary legs at least once a day. And it was usually during the lunch hour. It was at the library plaza. So here we have this giant fountain and the... The, the, the wind is blowing the mist into our faces. And within moments, 100 to 200 students would be gathered sitting at the feet of Rose. What do we know? Wisdom is the gift of the elderly. What do we know when an old woman dies, an entire library burns to the ground? We must honor the elderly, but we must also learn the stories behind the stories that identify why we do what we do. Remember, I was paralyzed playing football for 14 months. 16 doctors told me I'd never get any better. And the reason why, and now that I've recovered, people ask, well, what's the answer? Well, the reason why I stayed paralyzed for 14 months was because I was asking the wrong questions. I was asking the doctors how to get better when I should have been asking myself why. And once we answer why, figuring out the how-to is pretty simple. Rose was so inspirational because she helped us understand our why and inspired us to always make sure our why was bigger than our why not. Well, Rose was so inspirational as a captain of the team, I invited her to speak at our football banquet at the end of the year. Now visualize Rose, 87 years old. Three weeks into college, she got a tattoo. I was hoping it said, Dan the man, wouldn't that have been cool? But instead, it was a beautiful little teeny tiny Rose. She was so sassy, so beautiful, sophisticated elegance. I introduce her to speak to our football team, and she steps up to the podium, she steps up to the microphone, and she's so nervous she starts to shake. She drops her three-by-five card, she drops her speech all over the floor. And in that moment in time, she taught us about passion, creativity, and imagination. She taught us about the difference between responding, which is proactive, and reacting, which is negative. And she leans up to the microphone and she says, I'm sorry, I'm so nervous. I gave up beer for Lent and this whiskey's killing me. <laughs> she was the epitome of positive thinking. She was the epitome of being a hit songwriter, an amazing entrepreneur, an extraordinary leader, a best friend, so that we always left her saying, I like me best when I'm with you. I want to see you again. If she can be that way, so can each of us. Two weeks later, she walks across the stage of that university to receive her diploma, making a lifelong dream a reality. Can you visualize, can you almost hear the standing ovation of fellow students? In two weeks to the day, unbeknownst to us, she'd been battling cancer, stage four cancer. And two weeks after she received that diploma and made that dream a reality, she passed away peacefully in her sleep. And over two thousand college students attended her funeral to pay tribute to this amazing human being who never did anything famous, never did anything famous, never made a lot of money. She just made everybody else around her better. She used her platform. She used her personality. She used her talent. She used her knowledge to influence all of us so that every single time we left her, we said, I like me best when I'm with you. I want to see you again. I want to go to a commercial break for a moment and then come back with our first guest, Lisbeth Scott, an extraordinary singer, songwriter, recording artist. We're going to highlight two of her songs today, but you're going to see in probably 25 minutes when I get through with this amazing interview with this amazing human being, 
that it's our responsibility to, to use what we have as talents, to develop our talents, to use our platforms, to do anything in our power to reach out and influence the world. America is, is out of control. We need to come together politically and, and spiritually and especially together as friends and neighbors who have been arguing and refusing to interact one with another just based on the person we voted for for president of the United States. Isn't it time to heal America, become one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all? That's not a tangent, my friends. We need to go to commercial break and come right back to talk about the influence that music has in our lives and what we can do if we start thinking like a hit songwriter to take the same 12 basic boring notes of our life in our just job description and with more passion, creativity, and imagination arrange them every single day to make a difference, to heal America, to heal the world Again, so everybody leaves us saying, I like me best when I'm with you. I want to see you again. Guaranteed you're going to feel that and think that for the rest of forever after you hear my first guest, Elizabeth Scott, up right after this commercial message. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. I just got out of a meeting where the unbelievable Dan Clark was the keynote speaker. He is clearly the most interesting man in the world. He's been into space. He reminded us to think bigger. He's a primary contributor to those chicken soup books. And he inspired all of us to make our lives matter. He taught us how to deal with change like he had to when he had to recover from a paralyzing football injury. Everybody needs to hear his message on leadership and safety and how he turns last place NFL teams into Super Bowl champions. Call this number, 1-800-676-1121 and visit danclark.com. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You're listening to The Art of Significance, featuring your host, Dan Clark. 
If you want to join in on this week's discussion, give us a call at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop down a line via email to danclark at xmission.com. Now back to the Art of Significance. Here again is Dan Clark. Welcome back. My first guest, I wish I had four hours for Elizabeth Scott. I think I need to suck up. Maybe right out of the shoes, Elizabeth, just say, can I buy you a new Porsche or a new car or something so you agree to come back on the show because your, <laughs> your resume is so amazing. But let me just cut to a, a shortened, shortened, abbreviated version. Elizabeth is a singer, songwriter, composer who's written for and or vocalized on hundreds of films, most of them Oscar-winning films such as Avatar, Mute, Passion, Namnia, more. Her work as a solo artist spent over 10 weeks in Billboard's top 10. She has toured the world as a soloist, both accompanying herself and with orchestra. Raised as a classical pianist, Elizabeth is a multi-instrumentalist, piano playing, <clears throat> guitar, ukulele, and, and harmonia playing genius. I think she would be the one out in front of the, the mall when she was like 11 with the basket and like nine instruments trying to make money to go to school. <laughs> Her music for Amazon's stop motion animation series, Tumbleleaf features all of these instruments as well as bar based on the HBO, sorry, uh, um, instruments as well as voice and was nominated for best score in the prestigious Annie Awards. Season four of Tumble Leaf begins August 2017. It's just coming up in a couple of weeks. You need to all tune into that. We all need to. Elizabeth is currently completing a new musical with co-composer Nathan <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, Co-composer Mason, com- uh, composer Kim Carroll, featuring a breathtakingly simply duet of world stars voice through. Her voice and work have been called absolutely ravishing by the amazing composer John Williams. Beautiful by Yo-Yo Ma. Perfection, variety, haunting, Billboard magazine, dreamy, sensuous, with extraordinary depth, and sublime by Movie Music UK. I can't add any adjectives to that list. Welcome to my show, Elizabeth Scott. How the heck are you? (laughs) I'm doing great. Thank you very much, Dan. I'm happy to be here. Uh, the way uh, you ended up on my show is more than serendipitous, and I, I, I honor you, and I appreciate you so much. So can we just get right to the chase? I want you to explain where you grew up and at, at what stage in your life did you realize you had this amazing musical ability to take the 12 notes and arrange them into hit songs? <laughs> I grew up in the Boston area. Um, went to school there. I grew up as a classical pianist. There were um, some challenges that I was facing as a child, and music was my savior, so to speak. So at a very young age, I started just making up tunes and seeing what I could do with piano. Um, went on and went to school at Connecticut College and in England. And then when I graduated, I moved right out to Los Angeles and started singing. Um, And I was in a dance class 
actually playing piano for some modern dancers. And someone came up to me and said, you have the most incredible voice. It just moves me to tears. And I said, it does? <laughs> I had no idea I could sing. I'd never studied voice, only piano. So they asked me if I would be maybe interested in working for a film composer that they were just starting to intern for. And I said, sure, who's the composer? And he said, Hans Zimmer. And I said, well, okay, I don't know who that guy is, but I'd love to do it. <laughs> so that was the start of my career as a singer, divinely guided, obviously. And uh, I never looked back after that. It just went from film to film, writing songs, touring, and expanding from there. So your number one so, instrument is the piano, and everything stemmed from that? Yes. I Piano is definitely my foundation, and I started to sing along and hum along with what I was writing on piano because... It just felt like my voice needed to come out, and I wanted to be able to express more. So it, it kind of was unavoidable for me. It just had to come out. And I remember talking to a composer about what I thought about when I sang, and very early on I decided that wherever my voice appeared, I wanted it to make people feel something, to open their hearts to heal something inside of them. And I didn't care if it was over um, a cartoon or if I was singing over some horrible horror scene in a film. I, I wanted always the message of my voice to be the same. So that's always been my, my purpose as a musician, as a songwriter, is to move people, to bring something positive into the world, no matter what the context of that is and to heal others while at the same time healing myself. Wow. So yeah. <clears throat> all the budding songwriters listening, what, uh, how do you make the transition from writing a song that expresses your thoughts, your feelings, um, allows you to unbottle what is stuck inside? I say that on purpose. When my dad died, I wrote him a letter. And obviously right. no one read it, except it was so therapeutic for me to unleash what was stuck inside. So obviously songwriting begins by letting out what is inside. But every yeah. songwriter dreams about recording their own songs or having someone else record their songs. How did you, what, what was the first song that you, that you <laughs> recorded that you knew was a hit song? When did you know that you had figured out the formula that you had that you had broken the code and knew exactly how to put it into a a commercially sounding song that others would want to record or others would want to listen to? Well, I think the key, Dan, is figuring out what the rules are in the media that you've chosen and then understanding how you can bring your own unique voice to that structure. Because the world has rules, radio, film, everyone has a structure that we need to fit into somehow, but the thing that makes people stick out and helps people to be heard is their unique voice, like you were speaking about earlier. So for me, my, my unique voice was 
oftentimes unbeknownst to me. I, I didn't realize that when I was simply doing what I did naturally, people were coming up to me and crying and so moved. So I decided that when I started to write and record songs, I was going to pay attention to that little voice inside of me and see what came out naturally, uh, not try to mess with it too much. So oftentimes my best songs happen in five minutes when I'm simply in a space where my heart is open and my mind is calm and I'm just focusing on what it is I need to say in that moment or where I want to go with the music at that moment. Um, And interestingly, (laughs) the first song I ever wrote which ended up being on a lot of television shows, commercials, etc., was called Let There Be Angels. <laughs> and that song came to me in, you know, five minutes. I was just sitting down, staring out the window, and I just heard it in my head and immediately picked up my guitar and wrote it down. I think I recorded it on my phone or something. And then... I recorded it in a studio a few weeks later and sent it to a friend who was working at CBS at the time. And next thing you know, it's on a couple of shows, and that was that. So I think it's really about doing your own work and opening up your heart and being really honest and letting letting the voice come out, you know? Sam, did you ever... <clears throat> listen to another artist that inspired you. Who has been your musical inspiration since you can remember? Oh, so many. I've had so many inspirations, but um, people like Joni Mitchell, of course women, because uh, being, you know, hearing the female voice and female words really spoke to me. Um, but also groups like the Beatles and even the Beach Boys musically, their harmonies, um, all kinds of classical music. Laura Nero, Bonnie Raitt, I love the blues. Um, I love Irish music. I love uh, African music. I mean, you name it. <laughs> I've had so many different influences over the years. You know, Jeff Buckley, John Martin, Nick Drake. Um, yeah, I could go on and on there. <laughs> so did you ever sit down and, and dream about writing a song for a specific artist and that person's style, that person's vocal performance inspired you to write a, a specific lyric, a specific melody because of that person's voice? Yes, actually. I was working on a film for Tony Scott called Domino, and I was working with the composer Harry Gregson-Williams, with whom I also worked on Shrek and Narnia. And they told me that Macy Gray was a friend of the director, and he wanted her to sing a song in the film. So I went home. Harry had given me a little bit of a musical idea, and I went home and I thought about her and her voice. I listened to her a lot. I think she just has the most unique delivery, sort of a, a kind of almost a Billie Holiday kind of uh, sens- sensuality to her voice. And I wrote a song called Real Love. And um, Tony brought Macy in to sing it the following week. 
and it ended up as the end title of the film. She did a beautiful job, and that was so exciting for me at that moment to hear. It's, I can't describe it. It's so fun to hear an iconic voice like hers singing something that you've created. It's very rewarding. Well, let's, uh, let's talk for a moment about <clears throat> this first song that we're going to hear you perform. It's called Today. Uh, you know, I'm yeah. in the, the, the country songwriting world and spend so much time in Nashville. So obviously the Bluebird Cafe has kind of set the standard for the questions we ask. Teach us about this song. How, what's the inspiration? What's the story behind the song? Set it up and then let's listen to, uh, to you perform it. Wonderful. This song is about being in the present moment. (laughs) And it's about, I mean, it's sort of couched in a little bit of a relationship story, but it's, it's really about surrendering to the now, surrendering to the questions we ask every day. Am I good enough? What have I done with my life? Where is my life going? Is this relationship good for me, bad for me? Um, All of those questions that are everyday questions for all of us. And uh, how do I honor myself? Um, And I think it was Rilke that said uh, it's really about the questions, not the answers. And that's what this song is about. It's one of the lines is... um, how many times do you have to surrender till you know you're good? You know, um, I think it's just about believing in yourself and letting go of this constant need to pressure yourself. There's a lot of pressure in our society that we put on ourselves, that we put on other people. And, and really, it's just so peaceful to be able to say, okay, I surrender to the now and I honor myself for what I've done so far in my life and what I may do in the future and I'm completely present in this moment and that's what this song is about well ladies and gentlemen this is Dan Clark voiceamerica.com and the influencers channel my guest is the amazing Elizabeth Scott singer songwriter recording artist unique voice amazing human being and let's listen to her perform her hit song her amazing song today Today. 
yesterday when I sat really still I could hear the sound of my blood rushing Running like a swollen river Taking me somewhere, giving me direction Washing my skin of all that I might seem to be Leaving me with only what's left of me But that's all I need How many times Do you have to surrender Do you know you're good And how many times Do you have to give in Do you know you're fine It's funny Doesn't matter anymore. It's funny how you don't know how to let go to your Listening to Lizbeth Scott, the song, the hit. Today I have tears in my eyes. That's not fair. You should never have done that to me. I'm trying to trying to focus on the show. For those of you who just tuned in, this is singer, songwriter, composer Lizbeth Scott. And she has literally written for and or for or or vocalized on hundreds of films, most of them Oscar-winning films such as Avatar, Munich, Passion, Narnia. And a gajillion more. Let's go to commercial <laughs> message. But before we do, Lisbeth, can you tell us how we can download your songs, how we can get in touch with you if you want us to join your tribe? Give us some social media handles here and how we can in, uh, obviously go to go to, uh, to iTunes. You have recorded so many albums, so many singles, so many songs. Let's just make sure that all our listeners know exactly how they can do that right now while we go to commercial break. Great. Facebook to stay in touch is Lizbeth Scott Music. That's my Facebook music page, Lizbeth Scott Music, L-I-S-B-E-T-H. iTunes, just put my name in, and there's tons of uh, albums and collections there. Website, lizbethscott.com. And new album coming out that these two songs are from, a collaboration with Kim Carroll that comes out in October. 
It'll be available on iTunes and wherever music sold online, and that's called Stories We Never Told. Uh, and I think I covered everything. <laughs> well, we'll have a chance to do it one more time. Let's go to commercial message. Come back with Lisbeth Scott, singer, songwriter, composer, amazing artist. This is Dan Clark, VoiceAmerica.com, the Influencers Channel. Be back in a moment. stories be motivated be inspired join us today voice america influencers become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. it's easy and best of all it's free start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top once you've created an account and signed in you can create your own custom library opt into our newsletter Search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. If you're an event meeting planner like me, you have two ongoing challenges. You can't afford to have a speaker who bombs. And when you do have an amazing speaker, who in the world do you bring into next year's meeting that will top them? Well, you never have to worry again. Book Dan Clark. Dan Clark is one of the most incredible human beings on the planet. He's been named one of the top 10 speakers in the world. He's known for customizing his speech around your meeting theme. So your people leave with benefits that last a lifetime. Here's the number, 1-800-676-1121. Or just visit danclark.com. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You're listening to The Art of Significance, featuring your host, Dan Clark. If you want to join in on this week's discussion, give us a call at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop down a line via email to danclark at xmission.com. Now back to the Art of Significance. Here again is Dan Clark. You're listening to my interview with the amazing, the incomparable, or incomparable, I guess I should speak English. Is it Caribbean (laughs) or Caribbean? I have no idea. Lizbeth Scott, you're so amazing. And right now, ladies and gentlemen, she is preparing to release her 12th album called Stories We Never Told. How, how do we find that on iTunes? Teach us about your uh, social media, and then let's talk about some collaboration you've got going on and, 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 and a musical you're, you're writing and producing, co-producing with Nathan. This is going to be so amazing, so let's talk. Great. Stories We Never Told is a collaborative music project with Kim Carroll, a composer and guitarist, hugely mm-hmm. talented, and... We recorded this six years ago and then kind of shelved it because we were so busy. 
and now we feel like the heart of the music is uh, a perfect sort of balm for what's going on in the world today. It's good timing to release this. It's all about healing and communicating with each other and honoring the self. So we're releasing that in October. It'll be on iTunes, and it's you can find it under my name and Elizabeth Scott. It's called Stories We Never Told, and uh, social. And that's media. a unique. And that's a unique spelling: L I S B E T H Scott. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Thank you. Everyone thinks it's Z, but it's actually S. Absolutely. <laughs> and there's no L. To set it up, it's just Lizbeth. No. She cuts right. She cuts right to the hook. Right to the right to the chorus. <laughs> I get it. I get it. You don't mess around. Right. Um, and Facebook is Lizbeth Scott Music. That's my page. I'm on Instagram too, which is at Lizbeth Scott Music and LizbethScott.com. And all of my albums are available on iTunes and wherever music is sold online. And also Spotify, Pandora, all of that. So and being and being a good and being a guitar guy is the rumor true that it will be like a duet of guitars? It's a, is is that going to be kind of the the, the instrument yes. uh, with you and Kim? Yes. Eh? Kim's an amazing guitarist. Plays guitars from all over the world. So this particular album is features just voice and guitar. And the next song that you're going to play is. Uh, ours actually is called The One, and he plays a Bolivian guitar called a Ron Rocco, which is this tiny little adorable thing that makes a beautiful sound. So it was so fun to sing to. Wow. So before we go to the song, though, I want you to explain what project you have going on right now. This one is the most inspiring. I mean, behind your back, it's going to be Elizabeth Scott, Go Big or Go Home. So talk to talk to me about your 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 challenging goal to create okay. this this a musical. Oh my goodness. Nathan Barr and I have been collaborating for years and he was the composer for the HBO hit show True Blood for 7 seasons and we have been working on a musical for that show featuring the story of True Blood and we got our green light from HBO, and we are currently uh, in the process of bringing it to Broadway. Um, and, well, boy, if you think um, writing a book or putting out an album is hard, try producing a musical. Uh, I can't even <laughs> imagine. Take, I mean, it can take up to nine years, and we've been on this for three and a half now, and we absolutely love it. We're passionate about it. We just can't imagine doing anything else or the world without this it's just we love the music we love the characters everything about it so we're so excited to well, get I can't, this out in the world well i can't yeah, wait to hear of the auditions I'll, I'll be first in line and if you don't choose me <laughs> i just want to know i just want to, to, to you assure my listeners that yes brad pitt will be playing me in this musical if you decide not to choose me to actually star in one of the, the key roles here this is going to be so exciting <laughs> Yes, so keep your ears and eyes open. It's yes, ma'am. <laughs> You're so bad. Ladies and gentlemen, Elizabeth Scott, and let's just hear about the, st- the song, The One. What's the story behind this? What is the inspiration? This is about, uh, this is inspired by a lot of relationship questions I was having. I think um, as women, but also all of us, 
sometimes get into relationships where we don't feel we're honored or seen. And I think people who've maybe been wounded, had some abuse, tend to do this. We tend to get into a relationship where we're serving somebody else but not, not really being honored or seen ourselves. So that's what inspired this song. It was sort of looking at how I dealt with relationships in my, lo- in my life, what I was doing in the moment, and what did I really want. And it's interesting because performing this song, so many people would come up to me and say, wow, I've, I know exactly what you're talking about. I've felt these exact same things. So I was really happy that we ended up um, creating this song. Uh, and I'm hoping a lot of your listeners feel the same way when they hear it. It's about honoring the self. You know, not tongue-in-cheek at all, my friend. There's so much healing that occurs through music. You and I both know that. Everybody knows that. I hope every therapist and every school counselor is listening and will order (laughs) copies of this amazing new album being released, your 12th, obviously, because of the lyric and because of the the melody. And I listened to it before I, I brought you on my show. We need to just tune in. Everybody needs to just tune in, let your luggage go for a moment, your baggage, and just let this song heal your soul just as it did mine and the couple of times I listened before I brought you on. So this is Lizbeth Scott performing her song, The One, from her new album coming out. And we'll come back with Liz for station identification to uh, once again tell us how we can download this amazing song, The One.
Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I should have just had the whole two-hour show, just that song on replay. <laughs> You're amazing. I love you already. This is so amazing. Um, that was Elizabeth Scott, the great, the great composer. And again, how do we? How can we immediately download that tune? Hopefully, it's available today. And if not, when will it be available? Let's talk about uh, the, the the iTunes downloads. And again, plug your musical coming up as as, as one final note. Okay, um, that particular album is being released in October, and it's Lizbeth Scott and Kim Carroll together. Um, we wrote we wrote the songs together. I'm performing. Kim's performing guitar. It'll be on iTunes and wherever music is sold digitally. It's called The Stories We Never Told. And on Facebook, you can find me at Lizbeth Scott Music. So come. Say hi and join the page. Uh, Instagram is Lizbeth Scott Music again, and my website is lizbethscott.com. And there's Twitter, Lizbeth Scott Music. You know, it's just sort of a, a digital realm these days. I <laughs> love everywhere. it. It's amazing. So, you know, I've recorded music way back in the day. And I'm really tempted to put your picture on the cover of my old CDs and see if they'll like re-kickstart the sales process again because I think I'm onto something here. This is amazing. You are so incredible. No, thanks for your time. I'm going to have you back. I I want you to confess confess that to my listeners that you promise you'll be back. I can't can't believe them. You're so Thank amazing. Thank you, Jeff, for, do, for doing what you do. I really, the world needs you. No, you. The, the, feelings, the feeling's mutual. Thanks. This is the Influencers Channel dot, uh, uh, on, on voiceamerica.com. Let's go to a commercial message. Don't go anywhere. We have George Mattis is 19 years old. And Time Magazine just not named him one of the 30 most influential teens of the year. You don't want to go anywhere. You got to hear his entrepreneurial story and make sure that you connect with him and join his tribe because he is rich and famous and will change the world. I'm so glad I have a chance to interview him and suck up in every way I can. Don't go anywhere. Commercial message back with George Mattis. We don't follow. We lead. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel. I just got out of a meeting where the unbelievable Dan Clark was the keynote speaker. He is clearly the most interesting man in the world. He's been into space. He reminded us to think bigger. He's a primary contributor to those chicken soup books. And he inspired all of us to make our lives matter. He taught us how to deal with change like he had to when he had to recover from a paralyzing football injury. Everybody needs to hear his message on leadership and safety and how he turns last place NFL teams into Super Bowl champions. Call this number, 1-800-676-1121 and visit danclark.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. 
Influence is often inherited, but more often created from our actions. The Voice America Influencers Channel brings together those who are creating and leading the way and those who will create the road from nowhere in the future. Being an influencer isn't always about being the most important person in the world. It's about being the most influential person in the world around you. A better manager, a better friend, a better marketer, or strategic planner. The Voice America Influencers Channel is about becoming better and earning influence. Be an influencer. Join us today. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You're listening to The Art of Significance, featuring your host, Dan Clark. If you want to join in on this week's discussion, give us a call at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop Dan a line via email to Clark at xmission.com. Now back to The Art of Significance. Here again is Dan Clark. Welcome back. I'm sure glad you didn't go anywhere. Elizabeth Scott unbelievable and it's hard to find someone who can follow her obviously her message of unleashing passion creativity imagination go bigger go home well i found the young man to prove my point that some of the greatest songs ever written were written by young men and young women because they unleashed they tapped into their passion creativity and imagination and i obviously was so excited to have george on my show that I actually introduced him pre-show introduction as George Mattis. Yeah, listen to me. It's actually George <laughs> Matus, which means he he shops at J.C. Penier, that he, he goes to Target. Oh, absolutely. That it's tomato, not tomato. This kid is unbelievable. And I keep saying kid because I want everybody to realize that he is a fine young man who happens to be 19 years old. You gotta be you gotta be kidding me. He's the CEO of Teal. That's T-E-A-L. An innovative drone startup. Yeah. A donut's a donut? No, it's not. Look what happened to Krispy Kreme. Look at them. A drone is not a drone. This is an innovative drone startup. His passion for flight and years of experience building and flying drones led him to start Teal in 2014. If you do the math, ladies and gentlemen, that means he was 16 years old. He's, he, he's So far, he's raised $6 million in venture capital and has built a team of 25 employees crafting the company under his two major goals of breaking limits and creating joy. You should start your own church, man. That's pretty good. He believes (laughs) drones can be much more than just flying cameras and should be accessible to everyone. Teal, the name of his company, Teal's first two products do just that. The Teal Sport is a dedicated high-speed racing drone with VR that makes drone racing accessible to people beyond just DIYers as a ready-to-fly ProTune system. Now, think about this. As I did my own research, and I want you to explain this part of it. If it's true, your drone goes 70 miles an hour. We got to think about that for a second. George's main (laughs) product, the flagship Teal, is the easiest to use, fastest, and smartest drone in its category, not only with a built-in 4K camera. Think about that one. 
but a supercomputer and software platform as well. George truly loves what he does and can't wait to keep pushing forward the potential of flight. George, I've flown all the fighter jets in the in the Air Force, F-18 with the Navy Marines, and I've flown all the bombers. I love aviation. I'm fascinated. Every time oh, I get on definitely. an airplane to the tune of a couple of hundred thousand miles a year, I always open up the shade on the window, and I can't believe we are actually going to be airborne in a matter of seconds. I cannot get oh, over how amazing. cool aviation is. So we connect at many levels. Ladies and gentlemen, George Matus, talk to me, brother. Thank you I mean, I don't even know where to start. Down. I appreciate that. No, that was, a, about, that was a pretty great summary over, overall. Tell me <laughs> about your love of aviation. When did you realize that you were fascinated by flight? No, that's, that's a great question. It started when I was uh, a little bit younger, <laughs> uh, when, when my mom was a flight attendant. And, uh, you know, ever since I was little, I was just obsessed and, and uh, you know, addicted to flying and, and anything that flies. And, uh, you know, always was trying to find ways to, to get into flight and be able to, to, to personally fly. Um, and then when I was about 10 years old, I actually discovered that there's this whole, you know, professional hobby around fixed-wing aircraft and single-rotor helicopters, basically remote-controlled planes and, and helicopters, and uh, discovered that when I was about 10. And that was really, you know, sort of the, the big entry point for me and, and the getting into that realm and, and being able to experience flight, which, you know, is just the most incredible thing to me. So when did you underst- when did you come to grips with the understanding of drones and started saying, this is a drone and you stopped looking at it for what it is and started looking at it for what it had the potential to become? Yeah, no, that's a great question. When I, when I started off, when I was about 10 years old, um, you know, the, the hobby was mostly just RC planes and helicopters. There weren't many drones around then yet. Uh, when I was about 13 or 14, that's when drones started picking up a little bit of steam. They started getting a little bit more popular. And, uh, of course, I, I saved up to, to get my first one and start playing with it. And immediately I saw that, you know, there was something there. I, I saw that it had some, some potential. didn't know exactly what that was, but saw that, you know, this might be something big. And uh, essentially, over the course of six years, I was able to, uh, you know, get pretty good at flying and, and just become really passionate about the hobby, start building some of my own platforms and, and technologies. Uh, I was able to become a, a test pilot for a drone company when I was about 12 to start testing um, uh, different types of equipment and hardware and software to learn more about how it works. And then essentially over the course of those six years, I was able to, to you know, hone in my skills and, and uh, I was able to start working with some other companies and, and start uh, working with them on drones and start giving uh, talks at different events. And about three years ago now, I had the idea for Teal and, and got the company started. Okay, so what's the significance of a built-in 4K camera and a supercomputer software platform in a drone? What, can you, what, the, what does that allow us to do? So the big thing that, that I realized, you know, about three, four years ago is that drones are, are incredibly hard to use. <laughs> they're, uh, you know, they're a high-risk investment for a lot of people. They're intimidating. They're hard to fly. Uh, and at the same time, they only do one thing. They're only made to take photos and videos. Um, and, and so that's true of most drones in the consumer space for everyday people. The only real use case with drones is, you know, taking photos and videos. And so the idea with Teal 
was to build a company, you know, that's built around those two main goals that you mentioned, breaking limits and creating joy, uh, creating drones that have the capability to, to almost become as useful and ubiquitous as the smartphone, where, you know, a, a decade ago, mobile phones were only meant to, to text and, and place calls. And today, you know, we have this one device in our pocket that can do so much more than that. And so that's exactly where we want to take drones is to make them potentially as, as useful and ubiquitous as a smartphone, make them in, incredibly easy uh, to use and, and really appealing to the everyday person. And at the same time, really build out their capabilities so they can do a lot more than just take photos and videos. It can almost be like your aerial companion, something that you can take around anywhere you go, interact with in new ways. You can fly it just by talking to it. It, it almost has like a, a personality. Uh, you can play games with it. You can race with it. You can still take great photos and videos. Um, you know, you can learn how to fly if you've never flown before. It's, it's uh, you know, a flagship product is, is the easiest uh, drone to start flying with. And then just like a smartphone, we'll essentially be building out an app store around the product, an app store of, of apps and use cases that really push forward the capabilities of Teal beyond just, you know, taking photos and videos like other drones in the space, uh, really proving out what the technology can do and, and uh, uh, going from there. So you pull out your cell phone and you call a potential date on the phone trying to be the gentleman caller. And now with your drone, you can actually knock on the door. This is such a cool idea. You don't just have to call her or him. You have, have the option to just kind of hover over the front door, escort her to the car. I mean, I, I get it. This is, I mean, you can tap into the romantic side of life now, and every guy's going to need one of these deals. I actually, uh, no, I actually asked out my, my prom date uh, a couple years ago by drone. Uh, that, was, that was definitely a lot of fun. Tell us the story. That is amusing. Oh, no. So this was, um, this was in ninth grade. Uh, as a freshman at, at my new high school, we had prom. Uh, and I, I attached a note to one of my, uh, my scratch-built drones and, and put on these video goggles so I could do what the drone sees. And I, I was able to fly across campus uh, and, uh, and deliver the message. <laughs> I love it. So are there actual drone races, you know, almost like the, uh, the, the uh, you know, aviation races in Reno, the famous uh, airplane races, and you have the RC races for radio-controlled aircraft. Do you have the drone races now, or is that already a, kind of a league of its own? That's been, that's been growing uh, really quite a bit the past year and a half, um, where, you know, people have been looking at what drones can do uh, beyond just, you know, being flying cameras and, and racing has sort of been the next uh, the next thing that people have been looking at, and yeah, it's 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 really amazing where you know you can take these small drones, you can fly up to you know 60 miles an hour or faster, you can put on these video goggles so you can see what the drone sees in real time and almost have this you know separation of, of mind and body where it actually feels like you're flying, and and to me, I mean, when I when I tried that for the first time, that was really the most incredible thing. Uh, and so drone, drone racing has, has been becoming a lot more popular recently. Uh, and you might have seen a little bit of it on, on ESPN. It's been starting to, to be covered there. And then, uh, you know, the, the thing that I also realized with, with drone racing is that it's still exclusive to, you know, hardcore hobbyists and DIYers that build their own drones and they know how to solder and program and, and repair things when they break. There's actually no easy way for, you know, a beginner or a consumer to get into drone racing. And so that was actually the, uh, 
you know, the motivation behind this first product, the, the Teal Sport, which is only dedicated for, for drone racing. Uh, mm-hmm. We actually just started shipping that a couple of weeks ago. And then the flagship product, uh, the flagship Teal, that's going to be the one that we start shipping later this year. That's got the supercomputer, the HD camera. That's what enables all that additional, you know, functionality and, and capability. Um, and, uh, Dan, if you haven't flown a drone before, I, I need to come over and, and uh, have you fly because it, it really is one of the, uh, one of the coolest things. I, I never have, and I'll take you up on that offer. So how high does it go? And because I'm so tied into the military and so tied into aviation, what are yeah. the restrictions on, on, on drone flight? Obviously, if you're in Washington, D.C., and you want to just kind of hop the fence of the White House, you could get in trouble. So what are the, what are the limitations on someone who buys a drone and wants to fly it everywhere? Yeah, that's a great question. So like, like you say, there's some restricted areas. Uh, and specifically with Teal, you know, if you're in one of those restricted areas, it won't let you fly in that location. So specifically by airports, uh, by uh, national parks, and like you say, in, in Washington, D.C., by the White House. Uh, and if you're flying drones just recreationally, um, you know, it's, it's actually, it's not too bad. You, you need to keep them under 400 feet. Uh, you need to stay within line of sight and essentially just stay away from, from really big crowds of people and, and you're good. Uh, now, if you're using them for more commercial type of types of applications, uh, you know, like search and rescue or agriculture monitoring, uh, then you, you essentially get the driver's license equivalent for drones uh, with something called the Part 107 from the FAA, and that lets you start flying drones commercially and, and use them for, for monetization purposes. Like weddings and, and concerts and all the things that we normally stereotypically think Right, drones exactly. are used for, and they can expand that as a as they monetize that idea. Then they can expand it into other uses as well. That's what you're saying, right? Exactly. Oh, okay. So I want to take a, a quick commercial break. This is Dan Clark on the VoiceAmerica.com Influencers Channel. My guest is George Matus, 19 year old superstar, innovative entrepreneur who's already raised $6 million in venture capital and has built a team of 25 employees. Time Magazine named him one of the 30 most influential teens of the year in 2016. We're going to come right back with George, and I want to ask you, teach us as entrepreneurs a step-by-step process that you went through, the formula, the secret sauce that allowed you to go from an idea to creating this amazing company and raising capital. I'm sure all of us will be ready to take copious notes when we come back. Commercial message back with George Matus. Hear the stories. Be motivated. Be inspired. Join us today. Voice America Influencers. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 
888-346-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Become a member of voiceamerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You're listening to The Art of Significance, featuring your host, Dan Clark. If you want to join in on this week's discussion, give us a call at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop Dan a line via email to Clark at xmission.com. Now back to The Art of Significance. Here again is Dan Clark. So you're joining me with the tail end of a, an interview with the most amazing, fascinating young man I've met in my entire life, and I don't use those compliments uh, lightly. His name is George Matus, 19 years of age, raised $6 million in venture capital, and he created his own drone company, Teal, T-E-A-L, has two products, the Sport, which is exclusively for racing, goes about 60 to 70 miles an hour. And then his flagship product, he's supposed to have simplified the flying of drones to the degree where somebody like me, who's, who's, you know, seventh grade was my senior year, whose cholesterol counts higher than my SAT scores, can actually figure it out. Brother George Matus, talk to us. How much do these products cost? First, the sport, I suppose. Which, which one's the entry-level drone that, that someone would want to purchase first to learn how to do it? And then the next advanced product. Yeah, so you know, today in, in the in the consumer space, the average price for a, a, a relatively mid to, to high end range drone uh, lands anywhere between five hundred and, and two thousand uh, dollars. The Teal Sport, like you mentioned, which is uh, dedicated for racing and, and getting beginners into that sport, uh, we're retailing that at seven ninety nine, and then the flagship product uh, we're currently at, at twelve ninety nine. Wow, and. That is just so extraordinary that you would come up with such a powerful product idea at such a young age. Teach us as as young, teach the millennials coming out of, of high school and college. Teach us old folks who are definitely willing to learn new <laughs> tricks. Teach us the steps of entrepreneurial, uh, of mastering the the art of entrepreneurship from your perspective, what's step number one? What's step number two? Take us through your secret sauce. No, well, it's it's really been an incredible journey, and and you know continues to to keep uh, to keep growing. 
uh, for me, when, when I had the idea about three years ago, you know, I already had this really deep passion and, you know, I discovered this purpose of, of what I wanted to, uh, to build and accomplish. And, and I think at the end of the day, if, if you boil, uh, if you boil it down to, to the two most basic aspects of, of starting a company, for me, it was, you know, having that, that passion and having that purpose. Um, and it, and it's funny to reflect on the past because, uh, you know, a lot has happened in the past few years, but, uh. At least I hope you know this is this is still just the beginning, and, and there's still so much that I'm learning and, and that uh, that we're uh, working through. Um, but in terms of you know starting the company and, and what helped me in that, uh, just a, a quick summary of, of how it came together in the past three years. Uh, I was able to find a, an angel investor, a supporter, um, who put in the first little bit of money to to get me kickstarted and, and to start building out the product and, and start working with some contracted engineers. Uh, okay, so how did, how, did you, to, how did you approach him? You're this young kid. I mean, you know, the, the, the guests need to visualize, the, the listeners need to visualize, you are this handsome, young stud, but it doesn't look like you've started really shaving a whole lot. Not like you would, you know, like the guys that we <laughs> hated who were shaving in the third grade, you know, because they're Italian. Oh, yeah. But look at you, and to have you walk into a, an angel investor and say, look, I want you to believe in me and my vision. Tell us about that story. What happened? How did you make the appointment? 2015 was, was definitely uh, uh, a steep learning curve for me, where it started with, with this first angel investor who was introduced to me by, uh, uh, by a few friends and originally just approached them to get some advice on building out the, uh, the product and the company and, and how he looked at things and one thing led to another and, and he turned out to be our first supporter. Uh, but later, later that year in the second half of 2015 is when, you know, I realized we had to raise some more money to be able to start building an actual team and start working through, through final product development and getting closer to shipping. Uh, and so the latter half of 2015 was essentially just this, this six month journey of, of raising, uh, the next $3 million. And that was just a process of, of meeting with, you know, several dozen venture capitalists, either cold calling them or, or getting introed by other contacts in our network. Uh, and, you know, quite honestly, refining the vision, refining the, the, the plan and, and, uh, uh, and the strategy and, you know, uh, having a lot of people pass on the opportunity, but you know, every time continuing to, to refine that vision and, and uh, uh, to, to get closer to, um, uh, to, to raising that, that last bit of money. And so I was able to find uh, an organization here in Utah called Pelion Venture Partners. They're a, a venture capitalist, and they turned out to be our, our lead investor. I uh, was able to bring on some, some additional folks to, to fill out the round. Uh, and that was just uh, a six-month process of, of trial and error and, and uh, working through things. And then you know, after that, it, it turned into starting to build a team and, and starting to, to build out our uh, uh, you know, our, our processes and, and building out the product. Uh, and, you know, today we, uh, like, like we just talked about, are, are at the point now where uh, we've, we've raised over $6 million and have started shipping our first product and are going to start shipping the, uh, the flagship product later this year. And what classes would you recommend a, a college student should take to prepare him or herself to become an, an entrepreneur? You know, I just I'm yeah. I'm such a such a believer in our free market system and sometimes going the route of 
the traditional eight to five job working for a company and waiting 30 years for them to tell you when you can retire and here's your gold watch. Thank you very much. And suddenly the entrepreneurial spirit is alive and well and it's just what made America the greatest country on our planet. What classes do you recommend? No, that's a great question, Dan. And I think, um, you know, I I think college is, is a great avenue you know, to, to get a formal education and, and be able to, to, to start a company right after that. Um, I, I don't think I have any, any concrete advice on what classes to take because for me, you know, I, I became part of that organization called, called the Thiel Fellowship in 2015, and their whole motto is, you know, some ideas just can't wait. And, and maybe for some people it's, it's a better idea to, uh, to defer college and instead, you know, start a company and, and get real-world experience first. Uh, and you know, that, that's what I pursued and, and something that, that was able to work out. Um, and I think if, if we talk about, you know, what, what allows somebody to start a company and, and, uh, what, what lets them do that? I, I think that, you know, everybody has uh, a certain set of qualities and I think a, a combination of a certain set of qualities lets them, uh, you know, pursue something like, like building out a startup. And, and I think more people have these qualities than, than they realize. Um, and, and so for me, just, just a few of those that, that I think might have helped me a little bit in, in getting things started. Uh, you know, I, I agree with, with one of my role models, uh, Elon Musk, that, that starting a company is, is a little bit like eating glass and staring into the abyss. Uh, and you need to have a high pain tolerance, but at the same time, you love it. You, you know, you don't regret it, and, and you, you would never trade it for anything else in the world. Uh, and I think that's certainly true. And then I think for me too, you know, I, I've always been an optimist, um, and, uh, you know, always, always try to, to, uh, to look at things in in an optimistic way and and continue pushing forward. Uh, you know, like I mentioned at the beginning, I I think the passion of of flying really helped me. And I I think I would recommend to, to people to, to try to find, uh, you know, what they're really passionate about, because that, reinforces what you're doing when, when things are going well and then keeps you going when, you know, uh, things aren't going so well and, and, uh, you know, you need that reinforcement. Um, and I think the last thing, um, that, that's helped me is, uh, being able to, to balance, you know, wishful thinking with optimism and, uh, and be able to, to be relatively self-critical of myself to always be able to, to continue improving, you know, either the product or, or uh, uh, my skills or, or whatever, but, um, you know, keeping wishful thinking in check and, and trying to be self-critical and, and accepting criticism from, you know, your friends and family and, and people outside of the company. I think, uh, I think that, that, that combination is, is a little bit about, you know, what helped me start the company. I love it. So what I heard you say is that there's no such thing as a financial crisis, only an idea cre- crisis. Ideas create income, Correct. Right. And one of my mentors, he called me a couple of weeks before he passed away, the great business philosopher Jim Rohn. He says, formal education will make you a living. Self-education will make you a fortune. And I think that's what you've been inspiring us to, to do and to, to, to change our mindset and our paradigm. George Matus, one final a- uh, question. So what do you do to keep yourself uh, focused in a personal development side of life because one of the things that happens as we become entrepreneurs, and I started my company 35 years ago, we become shackled 
by our passion, creativity, and imagination where we marry our business and we lose sight of our families and our friendships and what really matters most. And at the cusp of your amazing career, obviously, you're going to be very, very wealthy. Obviously, you're going to have some serious influence and power. No, you really are. It's just a matter of time. Uh, what, what, What do you fit into your equation what domino one piece of the of the puzzle do you do you do you know you need in your life to make sure you you maintain that balance and understand the the equation that the great Stephen Covey taught the world and that is life is a bank and if you deposit 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 eventually when it comes time to withdraw you have resources and people you know, right. there to help you. So, so what one piece of advice would you give all of us that you know is so critically important for you to move fully ahead so that when I interview in 10 years from now, you're the same level-headed, amazing human being that you are today? No, well, I, you know, I think that's, that's definitely been part of the learning process for me and trying to find that work-life balance. Um, you know, for me, I, I've been fortunate to just have a really great family that's been supportive and, and a fantastic little brother that uh, is, is 10 years old, and, and I've desperately tried to get him into to flying planes and, and drones, uh, but he's full on Minecraft and YouTube. Um, <laughs> so, you know, my family's been, been fantastic. The, the team I have uh, at the company, they, they've been really great people. Our, our lead investor, Pelion Venture Partners, who I mentioned earlier, we have a partner there, Ben Lambert. Um, he's been a, you know, a great person and, and has helped me, uh, uh, you know, stay level-headed and whatnot. And, and every day he, he half jokingly tells me that I suck and I need to get better. Um, I love it. I then, love it. <laughs> and then, you know, I, I, it has been a challenge trying to find that balance because this really is what I love to do. And, and in my spare time, I love to just go fly and, uh, and, and experience that. And, and, you know, that's still what I love to do. Uh, but you know, I, I did also, uh, uh, before Teal have some other passions, uh, specifically with tennis. Uh, so I really love playing tennis and, and try to get up there as much as I can. And, and that helps, uh, you know, add to that balance and, and get my mind off things for a little bit. Uh, so, you know, it's still something that, that I'm working through, but that's a little bit about my experience. Um, it, it's really just been a matter of finding things that, uh, you know, are, are a good support, and, and that's a combination of, of family, team, uh, hobbies, and, and whatnot. And it sounds like tennis served you well because, as a solo entrepreneur, you're out on the tennis court and you realize that when you play tennis, you really don't want to take down the net, so you don't want to avoid the <laughs> obstacles and and all the other things right. that are thrown in your way as an as an entrepreneur. Ladies and gentlemen, right. this has been so amazing. George Matus, 19-year-old superstar entrepreneur, named by Time Magazine one of the 30 most influential teenagers in America as of 2016. And I want all of our listeners to stay tuned. Is there a way that they could join your tribe? Do you have a Facebook? Is there some way that they can keep in contact with you? And as your older brother, as your surrogate dad, as your biggest fan, I want to encourage you to start blogging or some something that, that allows us to just hear your wisdom, have a chance to look at life through the lenses of a young entrepreneur, a young millennial who gets it. And I just want you to know how proud I am of you, how much our friendship means to me. Is there a way that people could join your tribe and, 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 and partake of your wisdom on a regular basis? Thank you so much, Dan. I, I really appreciate that. 
Um, you know, I haven't been uh, super active on, on social media and blogging, but I'll certainly be building that up here in the next little bit. Uh, people can check us out on, on our website at uh, tealdrones.com and then on my Twitter at uh, George Matus Jr. And that's M-A-T-U-S, not Mattis. Matus, right. <laughs> say it with me, Matus, Tarjay, je suis Pinier, pouvez-vous français? Yeah, they, uh, it's a uh, Slovakian last name. That's actually where uh, most of my family's from and, and definitely one of the uh, best places in the world. So it's Slovakian for stud muffin, hunk of burning love, very wealthy entrepreneur <laughs> at 19. Oh, thank well, you, Dan. If I had a 19-year-old daughter, it would be an arranged marriage. Just take that to the bank. But <laughs> so far, I just can't no, pull no. it off. You're a good young man. Uh, Let's go to commercial break. This is Dan Clark, voiceamerica.com, Influencers Channel. We've been discussing life and finance and dreams and entrepreneurship with the amazing George Matus. Our next guest coming up is Michael Sean Covey, who's the executive director of the Bridal Up Hope Foundation. And you don't want to miss this. It's an amazing opportunity for us to take it to the next level. We've been inspired by Elizabeth Scott's music and as a as a as an amazing hit composer of over 100 films. And now we just listen to one of the great entrepreneurs in the world in in America who just happens to be 19 years of age. And now we're coming back to see what we can do with our money. We can see what we can do with our influence, see what we can do to make the world a better place and to reach out and help those who actually need us, especially those of us who are in a position to actually help and support. Michael Sean Covey, our next guest, commercial break, and we'll be back in a moment. Hear the stories. Be motivated. Be inspired. Join us today. Voice America Influencers. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. If you're an event meeting planner like me, you have two ongoing challenges. You can't afford to have a speaker who bombs. And when you do have an amazing speaker, who in the world do you bring into next year's meeting that will top them? Well, you never have to worry again. Book Dan Clark. Dan Clark is one of the most incredible human beings on the planet. He's been named one of the top 10 speakers in the world. He's known for customizing his speech around your meeting theme. So your people leave with benefits that last a lifetime. Here's the number, 1-800-676-1121. Or just visit danclark.com. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You're listening to The Art of Significance, featuring your host, Dan Clark. If you want to join in on this week's discussion, give us a call at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop down a line via email to danclark at xmission.com. Now back to the Art of Significance. Here again is Dan Clark. 
Welcome back. My next guest to tie a bow around our entire two-hour show today is is by design, on purpose. As you know, I always remind us we become the average of the five people we associate with the most, which means we must be willing to pay any price and travel any distance to associate with extraordinary human beings. As I mentioned in the onset of the, the show, that the difference between successful people and significant individuals, successful people get what they want. But those of us who are striving to live lives of significance actually want what we get so that we don't die with our music still in us. So it's more than cliche to say it's important for us to not just make a living, we need to make a difference. And if you're honest with yourself, listeners, Uh, you could probably identify the one, two, or three significant individuals in your life who have changed your mindset forever, who have changed your paradigm forever, who have taken you from where you are to where you need to be, not necessarily where we want to be, but where you need to be. One of those individuals in millions and millions of our lives, but in a personal way for me, was Dr. Stephen Covey, who obviously wrote the international runaway bestseller, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And he and I met back in 1975. He had spent some serious time in Ireland, and I was on my way to Ireland to spend a couple of years in a volunteer mission for my church. And he reached out to me because his cousin was my girlfriend's dad, way too much information, but you know, several breakfasts, several lunches, several dinners. And he not only coached me in the art of communication and setting a high expectation for these amazing Irish people that I truly learned to love and respect and honor. But Stephen Covey has been the business guru who has taught us so many life lessons, most of which have been that wealth flows through you, not to you, as Zig would say, We can get anything in this life that you want if you're willing to help enough other people get what they want. I only say that, ladies and gentlemen, because it's about time that we started giving back to those gurus, and I'm getting emotional. It's about time that we started figuring out a way to give back to those select significant individuals who have literally transformed our lives through their books, through their wisdom, through their philosophy, through their generosity, through their lives. Stephen Covey has touched millions and millions and millions of lives. And I want all of us to understand that now is the time for us to figure out a way to give back to his family and add to his legacy. Am I perfectly clear? So our last guest today on the two-hour show is none other than Michael Sean Covey. And I I, I would suspect that he wants to go by Michael Sean because he's so proud that he is the son of Sean Covey, who's the son of Stephen Covey. And his father, Sean, is one of my heroes as well, one of my friends whom I've admired and looked up to for so many years. Michael Sean Covey is the executive director of Bridal Up Hope, which is a 501c3 non profit. 
a not-for-profit foundation dedicated to helping young women build hope and confidence through equestrian training. If you love horses, you need to stay tuned. If you love horses, you need to get involved. If you know the relationship that a human being can develop with a horse and how it builds confidence and how it helps us understand the depth of communication that can occur between two beings, you need to help us here. Michael Sean and his parents started the foundation in memory of Michael Sean's sister, the beautiful Rachel, who passed away in 2012 at the tender age of 21. Michael Sean oversees the foundation's operations as well as fundraising and marketing activities. Prior to his current position, Michael Sean worked for the Cicero Group, a management consulting firm, and gained huge and valuable experience consulting clients across industries such as financial services, higher education, retail, and telecommunications. Michael Sean graduated with honors from BYU with a BA in political science. And yes, he paid the price. And yes, he dabbled in the financial world. And yes, he's so qualified to make a living. And now he's dedicated his life, his time, and the rest of his resources and passion, creativity, and imagination to raise money, to help wounded young women, to help young women who need hope, who need confidence, who need that that opportunity to turn their lives around, to see the hope, the light at the end of the tunnel. Again, because the Covey family has done so much for us, it is my honor, <laughs> it's my privilege to interview, I can't believe it, Michael Sean, and please listen in to see how we can now come to the rescue and participate with Michael Sean's amazing leadership to help them raise money and awareness for this bridal hope, the, the Rachel Covey Foundation. Michael Sean, I can't believe you made me cry. I'm kind of ticked off the next time I see you in, in person. I, I think I'm going to spill my Diet Coke down the front of your shirt. Anyway, Sorry talk to me, cry, brother. Sorry no, for making me cry, and I appreciate the kind introduction, and thank you for having me on your show this afternoon. So let's just get right to the right to the story. Tell us about beautiful Rachel. Tell us about how this Bridal Up Hope Foundation came about. Sure. Um, so, so Rachel uh, is my younger sister, um, and as Dan was explaining, uh, she passed away in 2012 at the age of 21 um, from the effects of depression. Um, and you know, at the time, I was 23 years old. So Rachel was the sibling, just younger than I. Um, and, you know, she was an amazing sister. Uh, she was an incredible cook. Um, she was the most creative person I have ever known in my life. Um, and she loved horses, absolutely loved them. Um, and Rachel, uh, when, when she was a teenager, she really got involved in horseback riding, in endurance races, you know, 25-mile races with her horse. And... Um, she, you know, she'd do a lot of competitions, and uh, horses really transformed her life. They helped her to find her voice and her passion. Um, even in the midst of, you know, the struggles that she was facing, she, you know, from, when she was a little girl and, and through her teenage years and early adulthood, she really struggled and battled with depression. Um, and um, when Rachel, when she passed away uh, in um, the fall of 2012, um, my family and I, we, we had several of Rachel's friends come up to us and say, hey, Rachel changed my life. 
and and we said, you know, how did she change your life? You know, what happened? Tell us your story. And she said, you know, I was I was struggling in high school and, you know, having issues with parents or with, with friends or with boys or, you know, with peer pressure, whatever it was. And they said that Rachel invited them to come ride horses with her. And we, we came to, to learn that Rachel had been, had been inviting many of her friends to come ride horses with them. Um, and she'd identify, you know, girls in the community that were really struggling and she'd go after them and try to help them. Um, and she, she changed and she literally saved many lives. Um, and so from these experiences that we had, my family and I, we felt uh, very strongly and inspired that we needed to continue this work that Rachel started, which is connecting horses and girls um, with this special bond um, and, you know, allowing these, these young women to, to experience equestrian activities um, and so we started Bridal Up Hope in 2013, and Dan, as you mentioned, our mission is to inspire hope and confidence in young women through equestrian training. So how do you finance this? Do you, do you, do you find a, a major flagship sponsor in one particular area? I guess a precursor question would be, <clears throat> where do you currently, what are your current plans for expansion? Is your dream to have one of these equestrian centers in every one of the 50 states and then take it abroad? That's a great question. Um, so right now we have two Bridal Up Hope locations. We have one in Utah. Um, and we have one in Amsterdam, just outside of Amsterdam. Um, our vision is to expand our equestrian program to a thousand locations around the world um, in hopes of reaching tens of thousands of, of young women every single year. Um, and our program, what it is, is it's a 13-week equestrian program for young girls ages 12 to 25. Um, and these are girls uh, who struggle with anxiety, depression, or have been through abuse or trauma. Um, so we have a, this 13-week this week program, and, um, you know, the program, we say that it has, there are three components to it. Uh, it's horseback riding lessons, number one. Number two is learning and developing life skills from the seven habits of highly effective people. And may um, I just and may I just interrupt? May I just yeah. interrupt? That's seven habits yeah. of highly effective teenagers. That Sean, Dad Sean's book, and I highly recommend that every family have that in their personal family library. Every teenager needs to read that, and that's the the context of the curriculum. Is that not correct? Um, that's a, that's a big part of it. Um, we we naturally weave into the horseback riding lessons principles from the seven habits. And so, cool. you know, for example, um, you know, a girl who begins our program, she meets with the riding instructor and, um, you know, on a particular, particular week, they'll, they'll practice habit one. And um, the instructor will say, all right, um, there, you know, there's your horse. Let's, let's go and be proactive. Let's take charge. Um, you know, the horse, uh, the horse will be out in the pasture. The girl, the girl will have to to go out in the pasture and get the horse and put the saddle on and the halter and um, kind of take charge of the horse. And then the instructor will turn to the girl and say, okay, you know, let's, let's think about how this principle applies to your life. You know, how can you, can, how can you take charge of your life and, your, and in your roles? What are your goals? Um, and that sort of thing. Wow. And 
seek to understand than to be understood. Obviously, they have this bond that they create between animal and young woman. And so you're saying that that actual skill that they learn and that feeling that they get from being truly understood can transpose into their everyday lives and relationships. Yes, you're exactly right. And we've, we've been surprised at how natural it has been to weave in, you know, the seven habits into the equestrian lessons. Um, it, it's been, it's been uh, you know, quite remarkable in how uh, these girls have been able to learn the seven habits and, you know, these leadership principles um, and, and see the effect of, of these principles in their lives. It's, it's been amazing. You know, uh, this isn't tongue-in-cheek, brother, but maybe maybe the way that you that you train a championship horse is actually through the seven habits. Think about that one, and we'll interview on another day. If you want to take a horse, a wild, if you want to take a wild Mustang from the from the plains, and and turn him into a superstar, disciplined, you know, racehorse. It seems to me the seven habits of the training program. There you go. I can't wait for your dad to come out with seven habits of training a horse. This is going to be a great, great fall ahead of us, eh? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's a great idea, Dan. Um, and, you know, yeah, the seven habits are, you know, a very important piece of, of the program and helping these young women. And um, so, you know, I guess just to kind of wrap up on that program piece, it's, you know, riding, it's horseback riding lessons, it's learning seven habits, and then it's volunteering and serving at the barn. And we feel that these, these three components to our program, you know, horses, seven habits, and service, we feel that this is kind of the magic formula to, to helping these young women. So from a strategic perspective as the executive director, where's your next location and how do we help you finance that? Um, so we have we actually have a big long list of potential locations, um, but I, I don't know what the next one will be. We're we're going to be prioritizing that list over the next few months. Um, but uh, you know, it, it, as we've gone on our, our story out there, we we've had dozens of people approach us and say, "Hey, you know, I'd I'd love to do a bridal of hope out here in Idaho or Florida or New York or." You know, even overseas, we've had people internationally reach out to us. Um, and so we're, expi- we're excited about, you know, the, the process of expanding this program, all for the purpose of blessing the lives of young women around the world. Um, and, Dan, you mentioned, you know, how, how do we finance this? Um, and so, you know, with, with these expansion efforts, um, you know, our, our plan is to identify existing equestrian facilities around the world, that want a program for young women. Um, we identify those facilities. We, you know, we would certify them, and and they would take the program um, to their to their facility back home and run that run it that way. Um, we have our you know our our world headquarters facility uh, is in Alpine, Utah, um, just outside of Salt Lake City, and we're currently in the process of building a new equestrian facility, uh, which will double our program capacity here and make it a lot easier to have, you know, more women come through our program. Um, and we're currently raising money to to build this facility and um, to get our expansion efforts underway. So as a 501c3, <clears throat> it was a not-profit foundation, 
obviously, in my experience, we can also accept in-kind gifts. What's your optimum perfect amount of acreage that if someone listening could donate, and that could be a perfect place to start, that they donate the land first, and then we start financing the facility after that? What would be the size of your of your perfect park, of your perfect equestrian facility? You know, that's uh, it's, that's another great question. Um, so, our our current uh, let me just let me just clarify. Our current uh, headquarters is in Alpine, Utah, and we we actually have the land um, on which to build the facility. Um, and so, we're raising money to to build the actual structure. Um, and you know, around the world, as we look to expand, um, you know, we would love to partner with existing facilities and, you know, people who, current, who, who, own, who own land and have horses and want a program for young women. Um, and so as to the specifics of, you know, acreage or what, what sort of land we might be looking for, um, you know, we, Bridal of Hope programs could come in all shapes and sizes. <laughs> they could start That's small. They could, they could start big. Um, we, we would be incredibly grateful for any assistance as we, as we look to expand and, par- and partner with existing facilities and people around the world who, who love horses and love young women. Yes, sir. So <clears throat> off the top of your head, my friend, uh, you, you always lead with your heart since I met you. Uh, can you share one story from Bridal of Hope that comes to mind of a young woman who went through the 13-week program and you've seen the drastic change, the wonderful change of heart, change of mind, change of attitude, her self-confidence. Can you share a story? Yeah, I can. Um, uh, so there's, I was actually uh, just speaking with um, one of the girls who's been involved in our program. Um, I was speaking with her today and um, she, she kind of told me the background of her story. And um, uh, so, so this girl, uh, when she was 12 years old, she was hit really hard with depression. Um, she was saying that depression and anxiety, they run deep in her family. Um, and, you know, she was suicidal. Uh, she was involved in self-harm um, and, and really wasn't doing well. Uh, her, her parents... Um, they introduced her to Bridal of Hope and, you know, she came out, she came out to the barn and started on her first day. And she told me today, she said, Michael Sean, when I was, when I was there on that first day at Bridal of Hope, she said, I felt something inside. And she said, I didn't know what it was at the time, but it was hope. She said it was the first time in a long time that she had felt hope in her life. Um, and she, you know, she bonded with, with her riding instructor, with her horse, and she just went through this incredible transformation um, throughout the 13-week program and beyond. She's, she stayed on as a volunteer at Bridal Up Hope. Um, she's very involved. Um, and she told me that since starting a Bridal Up Hope, she has almost entirely overcome her depression and her anxiety. Um, she has coping skills to help her move forward in life. Um, she's developed a new, a new sense of purpose and confidence. Um, and, you know, this, this is a word-for-word quote. She said, Barlow Pope didn't just change my life. It saved my life, and I wouldn't be here without it. Um, 
And so, you know, the stories like this are not uncommon. Uh, we, we, hear, we hear stories like this almost every day. And, you know, it's these stories that inspire us and motivate us to continue on and to, um, to, keep, to keep giving and keep moving um, and keep expanding. Uh, we, have, we have a wait list of 84 girls who want to get into our program um, and we're constrained by, this, you know, our, our, current, um, our current capital and um, resources that we have. Many of these girls need um, sponsorships um, and come from underprivileged homes. And so, you know, it's, it's these stories that, um, that make an incredible difference. Okay, so I want to go to a commercial break and then come back with you. But as we go to commercial, please tell us how we can get involved. Give us the the, the website, the email. Uh, obviously, I would think that we could donate online. Do you have a PayPal account? Uh, you know, the shopping cart. Teach us about how we as listeners can immediately participate. I want to make sure that this becomes my number one charity for the year. And I will be contacting you for another interview, and I'm going to be talking about it almost every single week. Please tell us how to get a hold of you. Yes, I'll, I'll do that. Um, and so uh, we, do, we do have a website, bridalubhope.org. Um, you can go on our website. We have a donate button. You can click uh, donate, and you can enter in um, you know, the amount that you'd like to contribute. And... As a nonprofit foundation, we're always raising money, and um, every dollar counts. Uh, you know, we've we've been going for four years, and um, we this wouldn't be a reality if it weren't for all of the generous donors who have who have come to us and um, been able to pitch in. So we would we would greatly appreciate and be thrilled with um, with any support that you could give to to Bridal of Hope. All right. What is what is one sponsorship of a young woman for the thirteen week program? It costs thirteen hundred dollars to sponsor one girl in the thirteen week program. So, listeners, we need to take this to our middle school children's, uh, given our children opportunities, our high schools, obviously every college campus. And every corporation in the same mindset as a United Way campaign where for $1,300 you can literally save a young woman's life. Let that incubate and percolate for a moment. Let's go to commercial break and we'll become, come back to close off the show with, again, Michael Sean Covey. This is Dan Clark, VoiceAmerica.com, the Influencers Channel. We'll be back in a moment. stories be motivated be inspired join us today voice america influencers become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. it's easy and best of all it's free start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top once you've created an account and signed in you can create your own custom library opt into our newsletter Search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. If you're an event meeting planner like me, you have two ongoing challenges. 
You can't afford to have a speaker who bombs. And when you do have an amazing speaker, who in the world do you bring into next year's meeting that will top them? Well, you never have to worry again. Book Dan Clark. Dan Clark is one of the most incredible human beings on the planet. He's been named one of the top 10 speakers in the world. He's known for customizing his speech around your meeting theme. So your people leave with benefits that last a lifetime. Here's the number, 1-800-676-1121. Or just visit danclark.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You're listening to The Art of Significance, featuring your host, Dan Clark. If you want to join in on this week's discussion, give us a call at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop Dan a line via email to Clark at xmission.com. Now back to The Art of Significance. Here again is Dan Clark. My guest as we wind down into our show today is Michael Sean Covey, the Executive Director of Bridal Up Hope, the Rachel Covey Foundation to help young women build hope and confidence through equestrian training. You know, as we wind down, brother, I, I took my bride out on the town and we went to a dinner, not an exclusive restaurant, just a nice restaurant and caught a movie. And we were close to spending $100 in the evening. And if we go to a concert, we know our tickets are so much more than that. Can you imagine if you had a young daughter? Can you imagine if you had a sister? Can you imagine if one of your children's had a friend, a young lady struggling with life itself, and you could actually turn her life around for the cost of an evening out on the town for $100 a day? 13-week program, that's one day a week for 13 weeks, you can save a young woman's life, which affects her family. And remember, it's generational. If the young woman is no longer around, she will never have children. It's generational to help these young women. Michael, Sean, how can we get in touch with you? Give us the contact information at the Bridal Hope Foundation. Can we visit to see what you offer? Uh, Tell us what to do as we wind down our time together. Thanks, Dan, for once again for having me on today. Um, so, so people are, are welcome to uh, to visit our website. Uh, our website is bridaluphope.org. Um, you can Google it and, and find it that way. Um, and uh, if, if you're in the Utah, Greater Salt Lake City area, you are welcome to visit our our world headquarters facility. We're located in Alpine, Utah. Um, a beautiful piece of land out here um, that is, you know, dedicated to helping these young women. Um, you're, you're welcome to come visit our facility. You can get in contact with us through our website. Once again, it's bridaluphope.org. Um, and on the website, uh, we, we have a donate button. Uh, you can click to contribute uh, through PayPal, through credit cards, through other, um, you know, other, uh, other ways. 
Um, and honestly, we would be so grateful for for any support, um, any contribution that you'd, that you'd be able to make. Thanks, Michael Sean. This is Dan Clark, VoiceAmerica.com, the Influencers Channel. You can find me on DanClark.com, on the web, DanClark.com. Please click on Receive Free Gifts and Training, become part of my tribe, and you can have access to these shows recorded all the way back for 10 weeks. I've now been on the air and on demand, order up the podcast, listen to amazing interviews like we just had this day. God bless America. Remember our troops in your prayers. And until next week, remember, successful people get what they want. But those of us who are striving to live lives of significance, who understand the art of significance is achieving the level beyond success, actually do whatever it takes to want what we get so we don't die with our music still in us. That's a wrap. We'll check you out next week. Thanks for being part of the show. Be sure to join Dan Clark next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time for another edition of The Art of Significance on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Remember, you too can achieve the level beyond success.